Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Welcome to the Celtic Way Podcast. I am your co-host, Matt Kinzera, here with one of my favorite people in the world, as usual, Scott Jenkins. And Scott, we have not seen each other in a while. I'm not going to lie. There's been a lot going on in both of our lives. And so um, hopefully this is like riding a bike and we'll just pick up where we left off. And so great to see you, to everybody listening, a, 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 a sincere happy holidays, Merry Christmas, However, and whatever you're celebrating this season, we stand <laughs> with you and beside you and uh, are just thankful for this time and thankful for anybody who who listens to us ramble on is a, is a blessing. And Scott, you were mentioning that it was funny because we haven't put out a podcast for a while and you were getting some some correspondence that people actually care. And I was saying that's kind of a nice feeling to know that I, notice that we've been gone. That is a great thing. Yeah, I do appreciate that. Let me give you a little personal update for everybody out there. Um, three years ago, we lost one of our daughters to lung cancer. And so this time of year, probably, well, for many people, you know, for those of us who are grieving or who are sad for some kind of loss, um, it seems like everybody else in the world is really happy. And I totally want, I'm glad for that, you know. So like tonight, we're going to the Longest Night Liturgy. That's for people who are in places like us, remembering loss and so on. What compounds this for us this year is that a few months ago, and why we took a break from the podcast, my wife has been diagnosed with lung cancer. And so we've been through a whole bunch of great consultations with our primary care, the oncologist, the radiologist. And a long story short, um, the doctors decided what would be best for us would be to do a short series of radiation treatments for Chris. Very intense radiation and um, very focused. The tumor is very small. Um, and so we've completed that. And, and having said that, if you've ever been through radiation, then you know all you've completed are the treatments. The radiation still has things to say to you uh, over the course. And so for the first six weeks or so, we were told what kind of side effects there would be, possibly. And Chris had two of them. Um, she has pretty severe fatigue. Uh, well, and then she also had like muscle ache, like you had the flu, extended period of the flu, and she had headaches. But then came this window where the side effects seemed to subside, which we were told. And then we were told after it subsided for several weeks, then the side effects would come back. And I thought, that's just strange as all get out, you know, what is that all? Well, sure enough, you know, so for the last two weeks, the fatigue comes back, the headaches come back. And 
Um, so we're just doing that dance and we're doing it the best we can. And yeah, Chris's attitude has been top notch. She's facing this head on and um, we're living life. And, uh, and it's not that this issue ever goes away from us, you know. It's just that verbally and consciously with we're doing our best not to think about it all the time, to make space for it a certain time of day, sit down and talk, check in. How are you doing? How are we doing with this? We go for our walks. And um, strangely, it's not like we've not been close to each other, but the last several months, we've gotten even closer. And I'm really grateful for that. And um, yeah, she's been an excellent partner. and. Going through this has just really strengthened our bonds. So sometime in March or April, Chris will get another scan. And I'm hoping and praying that uh, this particular tumor, this cancer will be gone. And then we can get on with our life in a way that we haven't been able to. And we'll probably show up on your doorstep sometime, Matt, in the summertime. Yeah. Maybe I'll bring the yellow Jeep and Susie can take it first. Oh, she, you would, you would, uh, even strengthen your space of one of her favorite people on the planet as well. <laughs> the yellow Jeep showed up in Wisconsin that's, that's <laughs> for certain. Well, our, our, you know, from myself and my family and Susie and, and I'm sure all the listeners as well and everybody that's connected to you, you know, our hearts are with you and, um, we think of you often. We pray for you often. We pray for Chris, and we miss you guys. And our our hearts are are shattered and and broken for what you're going through and enduring. But you know, I I agree. It's through hardship that that draws people closer together. Yeah. And um and there is that delicate dance. Susie and I were just having that conversation earlier this week about how how important it is to engage in sorrow and uh, grief, but not engage into it engage it in a way that it um keeps you from living life or keeps you from being effective in this world as a human being either yeah and it's done with intentionality right i mean mm -hmm. you have to make intention to do both hold the sorrow live your life I mean, you were saying that you would like to share a devotional a new thing we'll do on this podcast mm -hmm. is, is do a devotion each time we meet and i think that's a beautiful idea so i'm assuming you didn't say that without having one ready. Otherwise, I'm going to have to edit this part out. But <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah. So this comes from one of my favorite people. Um, his name was Meister Eckhart. And uh, are you familiar with him? Matt? Absolutely, He's just yeah. So tremendous. And this may be one of my favorite and goes with the theme. So this is entitled A Single Undivided Love. And this is a word of personal address to God. So when you hear the word you, that's who he's talking about. He's talking to God. When I open my heart to receive you in times of peace and quiet, this is as it should be. But if I close my heart to you when I have lost my way and my life is a mess, I have failed to know the truth. For these differ only for me but not for you. For your heart opens to me with a single undivided love. So what about that? What what made you pick that as the first devotion that we picked on this uh, holiday-ish podcast? 
Well, it's the holiday of the incarnation. It's like Christmas, right? And if you've ever grown up in a in a religious space where it seemed to me like the American culture was transplanted into our theology, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get something for nothing. You get, you know, <laughs> you get what you pay for it. Everything you, you deserve. You get, yeah, right. You get what you deserve, or you know, and and I really got a lot of good things around the very first church that I went to, coming out of the drug culture into the Jesus culture back in long time ago. But it certainly was in there. It's like, yeah, this this gospel stuff. You've got to be on it, and you've got to be good, and you've got to be. You have to live right. And I think even crazier for me that was drummed into my head back in those days was that you have to believe right. You have to have the correct faith, the correct doctrine or whatever you want to call it, right? And it's got to be, it's just got to follow this. And uh, isn't that, isn't that what the word, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the word theology, doesn't that mean correct belief? Yeah, you know, and that's what a lot of people, the the study of God means you got it right, you know, and it's just so like, wait, 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 we are talking about God here, right? And, and, and being Christian, and in those days, I thought, well, man, if you're not a Christian, you certainly don't have it right, you know, (laughs) and you know what that means. I mean, your eternal salvation is kind of messed up and but I've been thinking a lot about the incarnation, the coming of Jesus into the world. And Chris and I were talking about this, and it's hard not to think about our situation. Life's a little difficult. We lost our daughter, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And um, and now with this, and, and just life's hard for a lot of people these days, you know. And, and Chris and I, you know, and I would read through the gospel narratives about the birth of Jesus. Life was not a picnic for Joseph and Mary or Jesus. I can't imagine the stories he grew up with. Well, we had to go to the census, but then, you know, I hate to tell you this, son, but somebody was out to get you. So we hightailed it across the border to Egypt, which might not have always been the most friendly place for us, but we didn't have a choice. And then we got word in a very divine fashion that it was safe to go back. And so and so we did, you know, and the darkness of these days gets downplayed in in a lot of places in church and religion, you know, oh, let's don't remember the slaughter of the innocents, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's horrific uh, sidebar to the birth of Jesus. I think sometimes in that story, we celebrate so much the the saving of Jesus that we lose the the loss of of so many lives. And I think in a lot of the biblical narratives, we do that where we celebrate the the success of the the victor of the story and we forget to mourn, you know, talking about that, that delicate balance, we often forget to mourn the loss of so oh, lives. Yeah. We're going to church tonight. It's called the liturgy of the darkest night of the dark night and so that would be good it has to do with the solstice but it also has to do with those people who need a liturgy of time of loss and mourning and sadness and so on uh, because <laughs> the rest of the world is emphasizing the goodness that and rightfully so should come at this time of year right but the balance yeah. seems lost i i agree but i love and you've shared this in previous podcasts around this time of year um 
that the idea of the solstice can you share just a little bit about that for the anybody who hasn't heard you share a little bit about uh, oh yeah. yeah i believe that in the early early church before um before everything got institutionalized and thing i think many christians celebrated the birth of jesus around the solstice mm-hmm. and i i liked uh, you know what i love the winter solstice it is the darkest night it has to do with balance You know, it tells us that there is no light without darkness. There certainly is no darkness without the light. And so the two really feed and need need each other. And it's quite a gift to to think about the gift of balance that is put forth in in the natural cycle. And it also is in this wintertime where the days are short and the nights are long. And by the way, just because the solstice is happening, <laughs> it's still going to get dark very early, right? And um, But the gift of the darkness in this context, of the Christmas context, of the Celtic context, is looking into some space that we cannot control, we can't even see. And we have to trust that what's coming out of that darkness is light and goodness and renewal. Any woman who has given birth will tell you that birth canal is dark and there's a promise in there. And though it comes with some pain and screaming, you know, this is how we're all born into this world. The darkness is not so much to be afraid of as it is to rest in and trust that the goodness of God is coming from a dark place. I mean, think the Genesis story. There was night and there was morning the first day. Because for Celts and Jews, the day begins at sundown, not at sunup. The beginnings are dark and full of promise, and that's a wonderful thing. The thing about Eckhart's reading, A Single and Undivided Love, is that this is a promise that comes to us in the child at Christmas time. And it's to be renewed and remembered every year that the love that's come to us in Jesus is unconditional. It is a free gift. And it's offered to everybody, right? And it's not the kind of message that, oh, well, if you don't receive it. No. This is a single undivided love that's given to every person on the planet. And some of us are fortunate enough to have our eyes and our heart, hearts open to embrace it and, and to receive it and to live in and out of it. I don't go too much for this judgment anymore where people end up tortured in hell for all eternity. I just can't stomach that anymore. What I see in Christmas is the very opposite of that. It stands over and against any religion that said, you better do your part or else. You better be good enough or else. This vulnerable little child in the in the manger and two parents who were just bewildered and astounded by the things that surrounded this birth are saying to the world, God's life for all of us is a wonderful gift, born in the dark of night, becoming the light of the world. Merry Christmas means that we are to embrace a single, undivided, unstoppable gift of love for each and every one of us. 
That's what we're celebrating. And then for us to reflect that light to everybody we meet, regardless, period. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And, you know, I, I, I agree with you that that standpoint of kind of this eternal separation or torture from coming from God makes no sense in my mind. And, and that's probably gotten each of us in a little bit of hot water over the years, if I were to guess. But I think uh, a life lived focused on a loving Savior and loving God and loving Jesus versus a life uh, focused on some sort of fear-based understanding is uh, is wildly different. And, and it makes a lot more sense and it's a lot more beautiful. And that, you know, if we think about the incarnation, if we think about this concept of Jesus coming down to earth, it's not our, our, what we believe, this faith that we we stand for is not a faith of separating ourselves. It's it's the exact opposite. It's a faith where God loves us so much that that Emmanuel, God with us, you know, God loves us so much that he chose to be right next to us. And and that's what matters. I think that's all that matters. You know, I'm thinking about your situation. How does a person, how do you and Chris move through life without a clear understanding of God being with you in the midst of the dark times um, that you're going through, as well as the joys, of course. But Right. When God came as one of us, that means that the incarnation was the great key to understanding the world, right? God chose the material world, the flesh of being human, and said, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming as one of you, and my message is, then it's all good. One creation, the, the great creation myth where, where God looks at this creation and says about men and women, this is very good. And Christmas is echoing that, you know, it's saying, yeah, God's like, I haven't stopped loving you as much of a mess as y'all can be sometimes. I haven't given up, nor will I. The imprint of Jesus is saying that God's presence, right, is found in the material world. It's not just a spiritual thing, like, oh, that's just a spiritual thing. No, it's a very concrete, tangible, visible. And um, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the gift of Christmas, isn't it? That we can embody that gift and continue to share it with everybody, no strings attached. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. And that's a beautiful thought moving into the Christmas season and whoever's listening, wherever you may be at in your faith journey, you know, and, and even whatever, whatever that means to you, which I'm sure is unique to all of us. I think yeah. one of the most beautiful people, if we're going to find common ground, let that common ground be God with us, period. Amen. Yeah. Are you going to share some, uh, some, some things that are happening with Celtic way as well? Some, some. Yeah. yeah. So, um, the monthly uh, breaking bread is still going on, but we're going to change from a liturgical format. We'll always have the sacred meal. We have a choir of eight people that show up every week. Sort of wonderful people. Um, but we tended to stru structure it a little bit like a Catholic mass. And I want to, we have some people now on the planning team and we're like, no more. We will sit around and share some food. We will share the meal together. But we're going to delve into some teaching, like focus really on how are we going to live this? How can we live this in a world that 
seems so detached from nature and the rhythms of of nature now, you know. Um, and so we've been we want to really key in on that in 2024. And you'll see it reflected in the monthly podcast as well. So what we do at Breaking Bread will be echoed prior uh, in the podcast. So the two will delve together and go hand in hand. And, and I'm looking forward to that. I've got some real team members now, and I'm excited about that. So, yeah, that's wonderful, and that's that's one of the greatest things, uh, in my perspective, of uh, what Celtic Way offers is just this connection to God through nature and through the seasons. It's yeah. really transformed a lot of I, I know my life and my thinking in in really beautiful ways. It has allowed me to dive into the wonder of God in ways that I've never been able to before, and I think that's the that's the beauty. Like you were talking about right right believing earlier and i think you know my my last decade or so of, of my life probably a little bit longer than that and then kind of culminating a little bit with my connection with celtic way is this this going from a a an attempt to believing correctly to a uh the joy of of uh, the unknown experience through wonder and through nature and mm -hmm. to me that sort of divine encounter is so much more meaningful and and beautiful and deepens my relationship with God um, more than probably anything else ever at. I like it. Uh, at the end of each podcast, too, I want to recommend a book. So that kind of goes on. So at the, the key that opens the doors for Celtic Christianity, for Celtic spirituality, is a contemplative light. To be open to, and we'll get into this more and more later, but it, get into the whole mystical experience of God with this among us, right? And so this book by Carl McCullman is called Answering the Contemplative Call. First Steps on the Mystical Path. Answering the Contemplative Call. First Steps on the Mystical Path by Carl McCullman. It's a, it's a very easy read. It's 150 pages. Um, and it's so helpful for people who don't know what is contemplative life? What is that? And are now are you going to toss in the word mystical? What is that? You know, well, he does a great job. This book is just an introduction, but it's a beauty. So I want to recommend it to everybody. Well, that sounds wonderful. I like that edition. I'm such an avid reader that I'm always looking for new books. So I, along with anybody else who is willing, will jump on board and grab that book and read it between now and the next podcast. There you go. And yeah. that would be helpful. And yeah. uh, well, on behalf, behalf of myself and my family, to you and your family, Scott, and everybody listening, just a, a very Merry Christmas. And Wherever you're at, whether you are in a situation like Scott, where this season is very difficult for you, uh, I don't know if people are aware, but a lot of people uh, lose loved ones in the holiday seasons. I don't know why that is true, but it just yeah. is. Yep. And so let's not forget those of us who are mourning during this time. And let's also not allow that mourning to keep us from celebrating the beauty of this season as well. That's right, man. Well said. Thank you. For more information on Celtic Way, go to CelticWay.org. You can also find us on Facebook at Celtic Way Colorado or on Instagram at Celtic Way Official. Special thanks to Suzanne Kinzera 
for the music for this podcast. <laughs>